On today's episode, when you're no longer pleased by pleasing him, moms that like rewriting history, and the nightmare of chicken feet and pig's ears. All that and more on today's episode of Bad Advice with Lori Beth Denberg. Help me out, almighty Lori Beth Denberg. Give me the vital information so I get the red dots. Who do yeah? The church of Lori Beth is in session, and we're reading from the scriptures of vital information. Talk to my goddess and my savior, my LBT. Just tell me what's going on with me. Oh my god. My name is Lori Beth Denberg, and thank you for listening to the Bad Advice Podcast. With me, as always, is Clark Crozer. Hello. Hello, Clark. Hello. Now, normally, dear listeners, (laughs) there is this big monitor on Clark's desk. He has a computer and a monitor, and then there's another big monitor for me to look at and enjoy things on. I'll put up the questions so that you could read along while I'm reading them sometimes. When he finally shows them to me, then it's like I can reference back and remember your names when you leave questions. It is not here today. And when I heard why I thought you deserved the story (laughs) last week. You, the audience, deserved the story. You, the audience. Clark already knows it. (laughs) I don't have to hear it. Dottie, I lived it. Um, <laughs> last week, as you know, if you listened, yeah. which I'm hoping you did, yeah. uh, I was losing my shit. I talked <laughs> about it. I'd hit a wall with COVID and all this stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> part of that was me, and he'll tell you about it, but like calling Clark and being like, I'm freaking out. Can I come pet your dogs on the couch, please? <laughs> and so I did. And apparently I transferred my crazy to Clark yeah. because the rest, even before that, I found out, yeah. but especially the rest of that day did not go well for him. So he is going to tell you the story of yeah. why I don't have a monitor to look at. <laughs> so, yeah, this was exactly last week, the day that we recorded, because uh, like you said, you came over a little early. But the whole my day started. I woke up with a phone call, which is always the best way to wake yeah. up. And my 90 year old grandmother, who we've talked about before, uh, had fallen uh, just in her bedroom and not hard she yeah was, but she's she's that 90 year old who can't get up on her own anymore she really nannied things up on us yeah so i had to kind of like wake myself up really quick and then check to make sure nobody else was going over there and then i went over to help her get up and she was just crying and upset and horrified and no, but it was she just, has people there right she does yeah she has a lady that stays with her actually two yeah uh, but she doesn't trust them she doesn't trust them to pick it up she she didn't technically trust me to pick her up yeah but i got her up so she was fine yeah i literally had to kind of lift her up and then the the i told her before i was like i can she's like no no you can't get the fire you have to call the fire department. I'm like what are you gonna call the fire department for what are they gonna do that i can't do she's like you gotta they can have a crane they can bring a crane <laughs> they can bring a crane i'm like nanny I'm really strong. And I literally turned around and I picked, I said, I asked first for permission yes. from her assistant who was trying to help me. 
in our, in our argument. And I was like, do you mind? And she goes like, no, 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 go ahead. And then she lifted up her arms and I literally lifted up this lady about a foot and a half in the air and held her there. And then I turned around to my grandma. I was like, look, I can hold up people. I'm really strong. For you, Nanny? Do you love me now? And also just for the listener, Nanny's not like, it's not like she's Nanny from Gilbert Grape. Right. Yeah. She's just no. like a little Nanny. Yeah. She's a tiny little Nanny and she's just nervous about getting her arms ripped out or something. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, we got that. I, finished that but she was just in a really crazed mood yeah so i finished that i dropped my son off at my um my parents uh because he stays over there while we record our show yeah and then came... i don't like children <laughs> then i was on my way back when you called and yeah. you're like i'm having a panic attack panic attack you were in full panic attack mode yeah. and you wanted to come over early i was like no problem you come over can spend some time with the dogs. We can chit chat for an hour or so before and kind of get your mind off of things. Or you can talk about whatever. Yeah. So you came over and you were just in a bad place and you needed to get stuff out. And I we were I was there and I was happy to be there. And then you left and I thought that was it for my day. <laughs> and my wife comes home. She was about she was gonna she had an appointment to get her first COVID shot. Yes. She was gonna get her COVID shot. And but it was one of those last minute dealies where you kind of have to like sign up they give you a call last minute she was, she was rushing over there and for whatever reason she didn't get there in time or whatever it didn't work she didn't get the shot uh. and she was just so mad and so depressed and just furious so she comes home in a horrible attitude and really mad and really angry and i'm trying to help her out and then i leave to go pick my son up from my parents who's you know been watching my kid all day mm -hmm. and i call them hey how's it going oh it's horrible what? What's going on? Oh, Lex was just a terror all day. I'm like, whoa, no, you're what kidding me. What does that me. look like, though? What does Lex being a terror even look like? Well, he was just in a bad, a lot of kids are hitting the same wall that you hit last yeah. week. This COVID wall is like knocking people on their heels yeah. right now. And it's been a year and it's, people are starting to feel it. Yeah. So anyway. It's been a fifth of his life. Yeah, exactly. Uh. In this house. So he he's just been in a mood and it's been getting better. But, you know, it, it is what it is. So I go to I pick him up. I come back home. And meanwhile, we recorded last week. All the Internet was down. That's right. No Internet when we were recording. No Internet before. No Internet after. So now it's been a whole day of stress and a whole day of crazy. And I come in and I just want to look at my emails. Yeah. So I come into this office where we record and I go to hit the to unplug and replug in the modem. And of course, my ass knocks into the monitor and it falls to the <sighs> ground and breaks. And I am just yes. a dumb idiot. So. All of that is awesome. <laughs> it is. And at the very tail end of it, you just get a real big reminder that you have a fat ass. <laughs> exactly. That's That was my day. Like, it's like, okay, and I'm body shamed. Yeah, exactly. Body shaming myself. Yes, exactly. Oh, uh, it was a day. That's a... That's a day. Yeah. That's a day. That's a country song. <laughs> it is a country song. That's a country song. But at least now I can kind of get it off my chest and laugh about it. Yeah. Something uh, about a broken heart, broken heart monitor. There you go. Something I like, like it. that. I like it. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So it's it's all good. I got to get <sighs> I got to get everything off my chest last week, which yeah. I'm feeling better now. Good. And now Clark's turn to 
Clark's turn to spill it all. <laughs> but let's uh let's that was good to get it off my chest. But yes. I think we should probably move on. Other people have concerns, other people have questions, and we're here to help them out. Oh, is that what we're doing? So let's uh let's answer a couple questions. I love it. All right. Question number one is from Scott. And Scott says, Hi Lori. When I was 18, I used to work in a kitchen at a restaurant with a guy named Tom. He was such a horndog straight guy that would go on and on about all the women he either had sex with or wanted to have sex with. We both left the company around the same time, and he ended up getting married, having a child, getting divorced, and going to jail for a nonviolent crime. He hit me up 10 years later and started flirting with me and ultimately asked me to come over and hook up with him. I had no idea he is bisexual, but either way, I went with it and we've been hooking up on the low for about three years. The relationship is purely sex-based. I noticed he kept deleting me on Facebook or leaving me on, on read-only when I could reach out to him, but continued to message me to come over and, you know... <laughs> He also had bailed and bailed on me a bunch of times and only wants me to give him pleasure. I'm starting to get tired of it and I feel like I'm being used as a Kleenex, although I do find him very sexy in a bad boy way and I get turned on by pleasing him. I have reason to believe he's been deleting me on Facebook to hide the fact that he has a girlfriend. Honestly, I'm over the fuck boy shit, but I don't want to cut off the only guy I'm currently sexually active with, and the pandemic only made things worse for my love slash sex life, isolating me at home. I'm sexually frustrated, but my only option is this DL fuck boy. What should I do? Wow, that was a journey. That's a journey. It's Scott. I'm I'm a little turned on. <laughs> Scott, first of all, this is not your only option. Right. Because there is, uh, well, plenty of toys. <laughs> it's true. Plenty of toys, plenty of, I mean, cam guys, yeah. porn, like whatever you want. I know sure. that's not the same as flesh and blood. Yeah. Um, But it kind of seems like he's not the greatest guy. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Just a little, a bit. little bit of not the greatest guy. Yeah, I want to know like what non-violent offense he went to jail for. Right, me too. I'm thinking either has to be petty theft, right? Petty theft or, you know, once I went, I, I had gotten a ticket, uh, moving violation, and I went to court to, like, fight it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, no. Right. And then uh, I was there, and it's like this arraignment i don't know what it's called but there's like 30 of us there yeah 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 all charged with something and we dun, go dun. one by one and you know people are like it, it was a red light ticket but it's not me in the picture oh look. yeah like, all different kind of stuff one chickie was caught with like a small amount of pot okay. my favorite one was this guy who uh was charged with catching a lobster less than four inches long what yeah i mean it's a big thing about not catching lobsters when they're too little because then they don't grow and right. then but it was like when all the other things are like traffic, stop sign, littering. Sure. Uh, you're charged with catching a lobster less than four inches long. That but, caught my attention. But how does somebody get caught doing that? This was my question as well. So maybe, and I, late years later, I was talking to a friend of mine who knows about fishing and okay. said, oh, they might have checkpoints or they're watching. Yeah, that was my thing too. Like, stick it in your pocket. Yeah, how, um, who gets caught like that? Exactly. So- I'm going to 
I'm going to just fantasize <laughs> that this guy's nonviolent offense was catching a lobster less than four inches small, long. Small lobster offense. Okay. Petty, petty lobster, petty theft. Petty lobstery. <laughs> petty lobstery. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> um, so there also seems to be Scott, right? Yeah, Scott. Within this, a little bit of not like not like BDSM, but like you're there to give him pleasure and giving him pleasure turns you on. Right. That's a, a very kind of dom sub light sure. genre. Sure, sure, sure. So there are definitely, uh, you know, definitely going to be other outlets for oh, that. Yeah. Um, but I like. Despite the hundred bad decisions you've outlined <laughs> that you've made leading up to you writing me this, yeah. that you certainly have considered COVID and safety yep. and all that kind of stuff. Good for him. Which is like, ah, I know that. You, I mean, you know the answer to this. You're definitely like, I know I don't want to do this anymore, but. What am I going to do <laughs> until, you know, everyone got a shot in the arm, two shots in the arm. Yeah. So there is a reasonable. If you are a fuck boy, you are a reasonable fuck boy. Yes, exactly. So Good point. and there's nothing wrong with being a fuck boy. No, if that's what you're into. Sure, sure, sure. But this guy just seems like super Skeevy. Yeah. And though, if it's truly, truly just sexual and there is that. Like, I don't even mean to say Dom sub, but that's kind of where it lands. Right, right. Their relationship. You know, and part of it is like, oh, I'll see you when I see you. Oh, you can see me on Facebook or now you can't. Right. Oh, I'll, yeah, we had plans, but whatever. Right. You know, that could be playing into it. Um, It sounds like it is. Yeah, so true. It depends. Look, if you're just fucking over it, then... Giving him pleasure isn't going to get you off anyway. Yeah. If you're clouded by the other stuff of just going like, you know, I know this isn't about love, but you're just kind of a scumbag. Right. You know, and then if your mind's there already, you're already not in the vibe of what's good about it. Right. But I definitely understand, even if it's just like human contact yeah, during. Especially in, during COVID. Exactly. So. Scott, you know what's up. Yeah. You know, deep in your gut and in your balls. Yep. What is up? If you can, Clark liked that, deep in your ball. That's what we're going to crochet on a on a pillow yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. You so, know, deep in your gut and deep in your balls, what's up? Texas saying. Yes. Deep in the balls of Texas. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Uh, so Scott, if you're if if being with this guy is making you feel like shit, yeah, stop it. Yeah, big time. And I hope that you have at least three good toys at home. If you don't, <laughs> get on Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Watch TV after two o'clock. Yeah. You'll have plenty of infomercials <laughs> to choose from. Sex toys all over the place. Yes, and you'll find out what to do about your damaged vaginal mesh. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so hopefully that helps, Scott. Uh, and uh, maybe you can let us know how it goes. Uh, let's move on to our second question of the day. And our second question is from Queen Robert. Oh. And Queen Robert says, I, I never used to cook. I'm from NYC. So takeout was the norm. 
now, because of the pandemic, I cook most of my meals, so I'm more conscious of what I'm eating. But I do love hitting the drive-thrus on occasion. What have your eating habits eating habits been in quarantine? What are your thoughts on stress eating? I've been packing on the pounds because I'd rather have a snack if I'm gonna be forced to watch the world burn. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, Queen Robert. Queen Robert, thank you, Bunny, for writing in. It's very interesting. You made me flash back on the very beginning of quarantine and COVID. Mm. I don't cook. I'm kind of famous for not cooking. Mm. I can prepare things. Like, I can make macaroni and cheese. Sure. I can certainly microwave. I can sure. almost cook a frozen pizza. <laughs> but the almost isn't me. It's our oven that's fucked up. Okay. So, but I've learned to maneuver it. If it sure. says 425, I put it on 415. Mm. If it says check it in nine minutes, I check it in four. Oh, all right. Um, so I've had a little success. But at the very beginning of the quarantine, the very beginning, yeah. when people were lining up and it was a frenzy and like the line around at Costco around That's the corner right. and all this kind of stuff. And yep. I just went and I was like, okay, I'm spot bread and ham and I'm making a ham sandwich. Wow. It was, you know, I made eggs. I made, and that, that lasted a little bit. And yeah. then it was like, okay. Or ordering in or, <laughs> you know, drive throughs like you said. Yeah. But, the times that I have bought food and made food at home, mm -hmm. it's really satisfying. Yeah. And I don't mean like, oh, it was a delicious meal. It was like, oh, you know what? It is actually possible to eat a meal that costs less than $29, yeah. including tax and tip. Yeah. And have something good. And especially for, for me with my eating stuff, it's like you're talking about stress eating. Yes, I have definitely been part of, I mean stress eating emotional eating is part of my entire life yeah but it's almost like what a great opportunity yeah, for it exactly it's like giving you a reason every single day yeah and everybody's you know talking about the COVID-15 yeah you know yeah. it's like normally the 15 pounds people would put on between Thanksgiving and New Year's right you know plus the COVID-15 we already started with yep uh, I like that it makes it sound like a football team like a college <laughs> football team and here here comes your champions, the COVID-15. <laughs> um, so I do appreciate what you're saying that, you know, I used to go out, take out all the time. And just the, the I mean, I would say that I cook 50% more, 75% more during COVID than mm. I have prior sure, to the course. apocalypse. And I love that you phrased it as watching the world burn. Yeah. Cause that is so accurate. Yep. Yep. Or yep. my house burn. If I don't check my oven quick enough. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, frozen pizzas. Yeah. So stress eating. I mean, that's a coping mechanism of mine to start with, Yeah, but yeah, everybody's just been at home and it's like, well, what do I do? What am I going to do? I'm sitting at my computer. I'm it's like on the Simpsons, uh, King Size Homer. It's the episode where he gains, oh, gains like sixty three pounds right. so that he can go on disability. disability yeah, it's the Moo Moo yeah, episode. And he goes to buy the Moo Moo, and at the place called the Vast Waistband. <laughs> 
that's the name of the store. And uh, there's, the salesman is like, let me, uh, what do you do for a living? Something with computers? Homer says, I use a computer. He goes, oh, what a coincidence. It must be the nonstop sitting and snacking. <laughs> And then he sells them that beautiful blue moo moo with the pink flowers on it. I love that moo. So I mean, that's all of us now. Yeah, that's all of us. I mean, obviously not all of us. There are essential workers going to work. Sure, there sure, are, sure, you know. Sure. But I know that you're speaking about your experience. Yeah. It is hard to cook. It is. It involves planning. It does. It involves planning, and then like. Getting too much of something because that's how they sell it. And then having to eat it again. What am I supposed to be not bored? (laughs) You know? And then I'm like, what a spoiled fucking monster I am. Well, no, I wouldn't go that far. Look, as, as a family man who goes and does the grocery shopping every week, and I cook all the meals here in this house, let me tell you. Food is not sold for one. Yeah. And it sucks. It really does. Because even for me, you know, I'll get something. Usually uh, most stuff is designed for two people when you're or when you're buying stuff from the grocery store. And when you have two people and a five year old, Mm. it's like, oh, do I make a third? Do I not? Do I just share out of the two? Yeah. It's so goddamn hard. Sometimes it's not just you. The system is broken where it's like it like like you're saying, if you want chicken, you're great. You can get go to the market, get yourself a, a package of chicken breast, come back. And then guess what? You now have one full chicken breast that you don't need. Yeah. So what do you do with that? Now it becomes a, a puzzle. What am I going to have? Am I going to use it next week? Should I put it in the freezer? Am I exactly. going to use it tomorrow? Should I put it in the fridge? It's just this all, all nonsense. It, it's so hard to cook at home. It really is. Oh, and then I, I extrapolate on that. My dad is always trying to get me to buy food at Costco. Oh, my God. And it's not food he's going to eat. And I'm always like, Dad, it's too much. And finally, I just gave, there's a couple of times I'm like, fine. <laughs> and it's like, I don't need. 16 gallons of uh, mustard. Yeah. Or it's just like, well, you can freeze it. And then, <laughs> so I do. No, right. you know what it was? It was lox. It was like okay. smoked salmon. Okay. And I got it. And I'm just like, it's too much. Yeah. It's, too, I can't eat that much lox. Yeah. I- I had when uh, the pandemic hit, Karen did something similar, except she did it online. Mm. She went online and found all these big places that would send us frozen bulk uh, uh, food. Yeah. And we got all this food, all this frozen white bread. Oh, was that the stuff in the dry ice? Yes. And one of the things that came in there was chicken breasts. Mm. And it's like, all right, here is a bag with 15 chicken breasts. (laughs) What am I supposed to do with this bag? I, like you, you can't just pull out one because everything is frozen together. So now you have to at least thaw out, thaw out this giant chunk of meat yeah. enough to pull off a couple of pieces. And then you're like, well, then isn't that bad to then refree? I don't know. It's yeah. just, it's nonsense. I get it. It's all nonsense. But then I get from my dad when he like, uses me into yeah. getting... Uh, pressures me was the word that that noise meant right 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 when he finally wears me down and i'm like fine and i have some i freeze the rest and then i get to hear for the next months 
you know you got that thing in the freezer. Right. You know you got that chicken in the freezer. That's exactly And right. I'm like, oh, you wretched individual. <laughs> so stress eating, it's, I mean, it's stress eating and it's boredom eating. Yeah. So many of us, like our lives change so dramatically. Yeah. Saying like, oh, I, I can't just walk down to 7-Eleven. I can't. Yeah. Or it's like, you know. I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. And I would buy, if I was going to get like just, you know, comfort, binge food, whatever you want to call it. Right. From just, you know, a normal person to a person with a problem with food. It's like, okay, I can't just go to the store any day I want. I can't be like, oh, I feel shitty. I want some fudge. I'll go to the store. It's like, right. no, I'm not going to where a bunch of people are yeah. on a whim. Yeah. And- Making things difficult for the people that are working there mm-hmm. on a whim. So I would just like stock up, <laughs> oh. you know, uh, so stress eating. The struggle is real. And, and you know what? Honestly, too, there's the the uh, their boredom aspect of it is also a huge factor. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, a lot of us are hitting a wall right now with COVID. But. For us especially, I know exactly what we're missing in this house. My wife, my son, and I. You know what we're missing? What? We're missing that pool. (gasps) We love that pool. But it's not just a pool. It's being outside. The pandemic hit in March, and it was horrible, and it was scary, and it was crazy, and we didn't. nobody knew what was going on. But by June, the pandemic was still there. We were all still supposed to be in our houses. But every day, I would look out my window... And it would be like the mall out yeah. there. There would be so many people outside walking around, just, you know, wanting to be out of the house. Yeah. And there's something about walking your dog or getting out of the house to take a walk or a jog yeah. or a run or something that kind of gets you moving and changes your attitude a little. And I think because it's been winter for so long, people have not only been quarantined, yeah. but they've been quarantined in their quarantine. That was super Game of Thrones. It's been winter for so, so long. long. So anyway, we went a lot off topic. No, I guess we didn't really go on topic. Good job cooking for yourself, Queen Robert. Queen Robert. Um, You remind me that I need to get more into doing that. Yeah, it's fun. And I need to, even without the quarantine, I've always needed to do that. Yeah. Because it's expensive. Yeah, it is. To eat out places. And, you know, I need to remember that I am capable and I will never get better at cooking anything if I never cook. That's exactly right. I tell Lex all the time, practice and patience. Yeah. All right. Well, Queen Robert, hopefully that helps. Uh, Hopefully we can all start uh, eating better and living better soon when the world stops burning. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's go to one last question here. This is from Minnie. Uh, (laughs) Minnie asks, uh, my rescue pups gotcha day is March 4th. What is the appropriate way to celebrate? Can we give her a steak? Should it be raw or cooked? Do we invite other doggies? Do they get doggy bags to take home? Please help me plan this celebration. Okay, Minnie. First of all, your name is really cute. Yes. Secondly, I want to remind you, it's a dog. It's a dog. You can always give your doggy steak. Yeah. You can always give, it's funny, (laughs) as far as raw food. I mean, plenty of dogs are on a raw food diet. You can give your dog raw food. 
not like that's been left out. Right, of course. For too not long. Not bad meat, just but, raw well, meat. Yeah, Bogey and Bacall, the, the best bulldogs in the in the universe. Yes, yes, yes. Um, they've both gone to bulldog heaven, pouring one out for Aww. Bogey and Bacall. But they used to get, um, they're English bulldogs. Mm -hmm. Big, smush face, snorty things. Right. Just the loves of my life. Right, right, right. And, and they weren't mine. They belonged to friends of mine. Right. But they would get as treats raw chicken wings. Mm. But so that they didn't that choke on them. It, I know. They, they wouldn't choke on them because we would hold the little part of the chicken wing with pliers. Oh, my God. And you'd hold it really tight and you'd let them chew on like the drumstick part. Until you heard the crack. Wow. And then they'd get the drumstick part and they'd chew that up. And it's huh. good for their teeth and huh. stuff. And then you'd still hold it really tight with the pliers. And then you'd wait for them to crunch off the other parts. You know, so they ate it in three things, but you had to let them tear it off. Wow. How Which horrific. for a bulldog, even just doing that much is like exercise. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, quite frankly, exercise for me to hold on to the friggin' pliers. I can't believe that there is somebody out there who has a special chicken pair of pliers. <laughs> Well, it, it really or a pair of chicken pliers. Yes, it was just pliers. It wasn't as though it was sold at Petco. Oh, that's I'm sh I'm sure that's true. Uh, when she purchased the pliers, but oh, once yes. it's at her house, those are officially her chicken pliers. Yeah, I don't know that they were also like, what's wrong with the air conditioner? Yeah, exactly. She's not fixing a link and <laughs> a leak under the sink with that same pair of pliers. Yeah, so those were those were just kind of treats. Um, and those dogs were on like a raw food. They would get it delivered. Nice. And um, so the chickie that delivered it, the woman would bring just like little treats, you know. And once she brought pig's ears, okay. which sure. it, for a long time, we might have even said this on the show. Oh. I didn't realize that pig's ears were, were pig's, pig's ears. ears. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Make it worse. She brought raw ones. Oh, no. So, yeah, it was just as though, like, someone had just, like, really fucked up Dumbo. Oh. So they took those. But another time she brought chicken feet, which I know people eat. And it's a Chinese, not delicacy, delicacy but it's like, you know, you can get chicken feet when local, you go out for dim sum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but just something about them being strewn on the lawn was just the stuff of nightmares. That's Weird. Yeah. Was she specifically looking for crazy things to feed these dogs? No, it's just, I mean, that's the efficiency of, you know, using every part of the animal. Yeah, but she's not out there slaughtering animals. No, but maybe she gets, uh, maybe she was. I don't know her whole <laughs> life. I've only met her a couple times. All right, okay, during so. which she brought raw pig's raw ears and chicken feet. chicken feet. So I wasn't that interested in making best friends with her. <laughs> I could tell why. But why did I get onto this? Oh, what to give your doggy? Yeah. Um, I mean, always give your doggy something nice. The dog doesn't know which his her birthday, his birthday. Does it say if it's a boy or girl? No, just a pup. Okay. Your dog doesn't oh, know. Give her a steak. So oh. it's a her. Your dog doesn't know she's a girl, let yeah. alone a dog. Yeah, that's true. Um, and this is how I feel about. Because I've been to dog parties. I've oh, been, yeah. You know, and sure. a lot of, you know, on a good day, it's about, you know, getting together for a fun reason. Right. With your friends. But it's the same way I feel about, like, birthday parties for one or two-year-old humans. Oh, yeah. Oh, we've got to plan this big birthday party for his one. It's like, no, you don't. 
He doesn't know. All it is is a little distressing that all these people are staring at him. Right, exactly. You know, then you get into two or even three years old. Yeah. And they're still just like not aware of what anything means. And now they're like, why are there a bunch of other kids here playing with my toys? Yeah, exactly. So it's, you know, eventually the kid knows Oh, it's my birthday. I right. know what that means. And presents. And right. I was in mommy's tummy. Right. And um, the first four years are more about you than about the kid. Yeah, it's definitely about you. It's like, God, I made it through a year. Well, Jesus. It's kind of, it's also kind of my, uh, my theory on Halloween with Lex. The first four Halloweens, I got to pick the costume yeah. because I was the one that making, was making his costume. So if I wanted him to be BB-8 before the BB-8 movie came out, I made him BB-8. Yeah, that was really cute. And Thank that year you. that you were the Incredibles. Yeah, that was cute, too. That was really cute. So it wasn't until this last year that I was finally like, all right, he's five now. Uh, okay, And did he want to be something bummerish? No, he actually wanted to be a character from Among Us, which is this really hugely popular multiplayer game right oh. now. One of those things like when COVID hit, a lot of people started playing a couple of games together there was uh fall guys and Fortnite for a while and then among us is just a really fun game where you're trying to figure out one of there's six or seven people and one of you is a killer yes and you have to figure out which one is the killer before the killer kills everybody excellent it's really fun that so sounds he wanted, great for kids yeah so he wanted to be that guy so i'm like all right that's pretty easy so i, I like it yeah it was fun okay so i i'll i'll wrap this up yes um I'm being very flippant and saying it's a dog. Right. And all of that is true. However, a gotcha date is important. Yeah. Because it's a day to be grateful and reflective of what the dog means to you. That's right. You did rescue a dog. Yes. And because you're saying gotcha date, not purchase date. Right. So yeah. I'm kind of assuming that this is a, you know, an adopted dog. Yeah. And that's a great thing to do. And to take good care of a dog, I'm assuming also you take good care of your dog because you're like, does she deserve steak on her birthday? Right. Should it be ribeye or filet? Exactly. She's not writing you saying, should I stop punching yeah. the dog? <laughs> it is its birthday. I was considering only punching her twice, but <laughs> I just wanted to check with you first. I don't want her to get out of line. So just enjoy yourself. Yes. Enjoy yourself and what your puppy dog brings to you. And... You know, I'm not going to tell you not to give her a steak. Yeah, absolutely not. And have spend, you got to at least just spend a full day making the dog feel important and special. Yeah. And see give, if she'll eat the steak off a fork. I love feeding dogs off forks. Oh, okay. It's a thing of mine. That seems dangerous. No, I mean, I'm not giving them the fork. No, I'm of holding course not. The fork. But if, imagine if you were to offer something to Bagheera with a fork. All well, of I a sudden, the no, fork no, no. would be gone. No, yeah, Bagheera has a snap like a freaking alligator. Yeah. But remember a couple weeks ago, I fed him off the chopsticks oh, and he true. did really good. That's true. I just. He I, did try and chew up one of the chopsticks. Well, eventually but... he just didn't let it go. But that was like several bites <laughs> in. True. I fed him that's on the true. chopsticks. That's a good point. All right. Well, hopefully that helps Minnie and uh, we can <laughs> uh, move on from here. Uh, we're going to uh, slide right into our nice rotating segment of the week, which I'm very excited about <gasps> this week. The return of top ten and a half. And now, ladies and gentlemen. LB and Clark's Top 10 and a half. Uh, hi, dear listeners. Here's what happened. Uh, 
Clark and I recorded the entirety of the show. We did our top 10 and a half Mm -hmm. episodes and we talked for roughly 89 minutes. Yeah, Uh, It's too long to put into this show and really takes away from the questions. Uh, Can I say it's too awesome to be in this show? It's It's too awesome. Amazing. It is. But I felt like it really detracted from your questions and was also like the first 10 year long podcast (laughs) in history. And that's not the Guinness World Record I want. Right. So what we're doing is we're going to take out that segment and we are going to Put it out as a bonus podcast. Yay. A special release. All right. And um, so look for that. And I hope you like it. Wait, do podcasts get a uh, director's commentary? Like this is like a behind the scenes DVD yes. featurette. Welcome to the inside of my brain. <laughs> so I hope you like that special podcast special edition and that you enjoy the rest of this podcast that will end up finishing before your grandchildren graduate college (laughs) i hope yes (laughs) peace out we would shut up we have one last question before we go let's do this last question okay phone question actually from sean and let's hear from sean hi lori beth this is sean from savannah georgia I'm having an issue with my mom. So 25 years ago, I gave birth to a beautiful little girl. Um, I placed her up for adoption. Her and I have a relationship we always have from day one. It's never been a secret. Um, But that was the one time in my life that I asked my mom to be there with me, and she said she couldn't do it. And I understand that from a mother's point of view because I have three other daughters. But she is remembering things way different, and she told my grown children um, that I said I didn't want her there. And this is really eating me up. And since my father has passed away, there's been a lot of resentment inside of me towards her. And I don't know how to approach her because she's a little narcissistic, um, and she's gotten very clingy since my dad passed away. My dad was my very, very best friend. Um, and I, I know she's just trying to be there for me, but I'm not ready for that. Um, because the one time I truly needed her the most as a young girl giving birth, um, she wasn't there. So I just need your advice because I don't want to choke her. <laughs> I love my mom. She's just a little crazy. Um, I love the show. I'm so glad that the Brohio podcast had you on. Those are my favorite guys. And now you guys are my second favorite. Um, maybe a tie. I don't know. But love you guys. Keep doing what you do. We greatly appreciate it. All right. That was Sean. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. And she was, I, I was a guest on a podcast called Brohio. Oh. Or the Brohio podcast. Oh. Um. And which was really great. And so check them out too. Are they bro on the ends and high in the middle? Yes. Okay. They were super groovy guys. It was fun. <laughs> um, but thank you, Sean, for your question. There's, I say this every week at some point, there's a lot in there. Yeah. Um, I think it's great that you knew the best thing for you was to give up your baby for adoption. And mm-hmm. I think it's great that you have a relationship. Yeah. I think something that jumped out at me was you saying my mom just wouldn't be there for me when you were giving birth to the kid. 
Um, and I understand that as a mom of the, and it's like, no, you don't have to understand that. Mm. That's not, you know, it's you. And, and you say later that you have resentments going on and this is a thing. It sounds like you've tried to work through this moment in your life where your mom wasn't there for you. An extraordinarily pivotal moment. And you've had resentments about that. And now cut to now when she's, you said clingy since yeah. your father's passed away, which I'm sorry about your father. Yeah. Um, and she is taking this wound that you've worked to deal with of her not being there for you and opening it up and misrepresenting it and talking to your kids about it. And that is I, I, I'm torn between saying unacceptable and fucking bullshit. Yeah. And I'm angrier than you sounded <laughs> in your message. I want to not go off the deep end. I'm, I'm trying really hard because yeah. you also said you love your mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But her talking about what happened when you were pregnant and giving birth and telling a different story, you know, all this kind of stuff, what she could be doing. And yeah. I don't know what story she's telling, yeah. but she could just be doing it out of her own guilt. Mm -hmm. Like maybe she's like, well, I was always there for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you're like, no, I went through that alone. Yeah. Um, resentment is, it would be natural. It'd be weird if you were like, oh, that's okay. Right. I just needed you the most ever, but you were busy. Right. And you say your mother is somewhat narcissistic. So if it wasn't about her, maybe it didn't matter. Yeah. But this business of retelling the story through her point of view is not acceptable. Yeah. And that you say you love your mom. So I assume that you can communicate with her. Yeah. That is a conversation to have. Well, that actually leads me to another question. Do you think they've ever talked about it? Maybe this is something that, you know, a lot of people, uh, a subject like this, especially the emotions behind it. It gets tabooed. It gets tabooed. Tabooed. And then you, you just never talk about it and it, it, it grows and it festers. Yeah. That, and that is a very strong possibility. Yeah. And if that's the case and it's never been discussed, now mom is bringing it up. Yeah. As far as, you know, does she feel guilty? Right. Is she trying to cause drama? Is she bored? Is or, she whatever? Or maybe she just misremembers. Yeah. Maybe from her point of view, it was this one way and she didn't realize that there was a fuck ton of more information out there about the situation. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think talk to your mom and try to set some boundaries. Yeah. And this might even be the talk that you've never had yeah. about, you know, you were not there for me when I needed you most. Mm -hmm. And that this has affected me in these ways yeah. and bringing this shit up, not this shit. I don't mean to say that, but like opening up this subject incorrectly mm -hmm. when you're the one that wasn't there for, for it, is not acceptable. acceptable. It's yep. not acceptable. And you also say that, you know, your mom's been a little clingy since yeah. your dad died, which obviously makes sense. Sure. Which means she needs you. Right. Yeah. You have a little bit of the power here now. So, and I don't even necessarily, yeah, I mean, you do. Cause my thing is like, if you can't get your, um, if you can't get yourself together, mom, and not act in ways that are hurtful to me and possibly my kids. Right. 
then we don't need to see you as much. Right. And she's the one who needs the connection. Right. So that might be enough of a worry for her. And somewhere between a worry and a threat. Right. And it's also possible that uh, your mother might not realize the story that she's telling is so horribly wrong. Yeah. And it doesn't need to immediately escalate into a you're being horrible and you're telling lies. Yeah. It could just be a. Ma, we need to talk about what happened years ago because you're telling them the wrong story and you need to be corrected. And if it's quite difficult and your mother, I mean, it sounds like it's quite difficult to talk about anyway. It's a very important moment in your life that has led to sadness and resentment. I just mean about your mom. Yeah. It sounds really great the way that you've had to totally open adoption and relationship. And, you know, I'm assuming a good relationship with the adopted parents. Yeah. Yeah. So adoptive. parents. Yeah. 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 Um, This might be one of those times where you write a letter Mm. to your mom Mm. and you really get to lay things out in a way that gets everything off your chest yeah. and you can revise it and you can say, you know, do I want to start by saying you weren't there for me when I really needed you? And here's how it has affected me. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're starting this stuff, talking to my kids and getting it wrong, I can't handle this. This yeah. is not happening anymore. Yep. Um, and that also, I mean, I've, been in a couple relationships, so I know that it's sometimes pointless to argue with a narcissist. Yeah, yeah. I won't give any names, but Clark knows them. <laughs> yep. Um, that might also be a way to protect yourself yeah. from having things thrown at you, from changing the subject, mm. from things that, you know, narcissists or just or just manipulative parents right. um, can, you know, try to try to do. Right. So that might be a good place to start. Write out what's going on. Right. Write out, you know, even if it starts when you were two and ends today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Generally, this might be like, you know, there's always a first draft of a letter that throws in everything. Like, yeah, you motherfucker, exactly. I wish that you were stabbed in the eye. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then I go, okay, I'm not going to send this one. Exactly. But if that gets it out, I mean, lots of people just use journaling as a tool. And um, but I've also sent the letter Mm -hmm. revised. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that could be a way to address your mother, address the situation and the emotions and let her sit with it. And then you'll know where she stands as far as going, how dare you write this to me? Or, right. wow, I never knew this. Like, wherever she falls on the spectrum, you can go from there. I hope that helps, Sean. I, I hope this is going to be good. And please let us know how it goes. Uh, you can always call us back and tell us how everything went. But I think we're good for the end of the podcast One, one day someone's going to call us back and really blame us for something uh, awful. No, I hope so. That would be great. But I, that's why I'll, this we'll is- We'll give them more bad advice. This is why it's called bad advice. <laughs> you can't say I gave you bad advice on a podcast called Bad Advice exactly. and then win a settlement. <laughs> It's exactly right. So uh, hopefully out there you've all uh, learned a little bit and we've all grown a little. And if you have a question for Lori Beth, please do me a favor. Send it to us. Send it to us at AskLoriBeth.com. You can hit us up on all the socials at AskLoriBeth or just leave us a message with your name and where you're from at 1-855-DENBERG. That's 1-855-D-E-N-B-E-R-G, 1-855-336-2374. And you can find me on Instagram at... 
LB Denberg on Twitter at Lori Beth Denberg. And you can book me for a personalized video at cameo.com slash Lori Beth. All right. Well, I uh, hope you guys all had fun and we look forward to talking to you more a little later on. Good night. Bye, bubs. That Advice stars Lori Beth Denberg and Clark Crozier. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Our theme song is written and performed by Natty Ward. If you or someone you love is in need of some bad advice, you can submit your own question on our socials, all of which are Ask Lori Beth, or on our website at AskLoriBeth.com, or for a nostalgic twist, you can call 1-855-DENBERG. That's right, 1-855-336-2374, and leave your question there. Thanks for listening.